Thank you. Thank you, brother. Uh, just as a as a reference point in Scripture this morning, I'll be mainly focused on the 26th chapter of uh, Matthew. And to kind of tack on last week, if y'all remember, I talked about in the 4th chapter of Proverbs where Solomon had given very easy instructions on how to keep and protect the heart. And uh, as we all know, he, he did not uphold that. He came to fall. And I believe that Jesus uh, tells us that same, that same message, not in, the, not in the sense that he does, but uh, I, I believe that he gives it in the same message, but in a, a different way. And in the 26th chapter of Matthew is a, a famous chapter of Jesus going up to, on Gethsemane to be taken in, by Judas Iscariot and the Romans. Uh, and before he goes, he uh, talks with his disciples and tells them that uh, in the 31st verse, then says Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Now that word offended, it actually can also mean to stumble and to entice. So that he was warning of these disciples that this night they were going to stumble, and they were going to be enticed. And... Peter boldly answered in the 31st verse and said, Though all men shall be offended of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And uh, Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples, not just Peter, but all the disciples said this, that they would never deny him, would never offend him. And... Uh, the old saying comes to mind of never say never or knock on wood. Whenever you say something you'll never do, usually the case is it ends up happening. And despite <clears throat> truly they did not want to be enticed and be led astray, they did. And this is a... It's interesting that in this time he's teaching a, a lesson to the disciples. And this time while also teaching us a lesson today in history, as we read back in history. And this is, to me, a very true message for so many people, and we'll look at examples of people that can be led astray and can stumble, uh, despite who they are, despite uh, what they may be known for. And just like the disciples, they may truly in their heart not want to, but unfortunately, we have this uh, nature, wicked nature in us that uh, wants to do just that, and it feels comfortable with that. And uh, in this 36 verse, it says, Then Jesus come, up, come to them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here. And he says, And watch with me. And it says, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And nevertheless, 
Not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he comes back to his disciples that he had just warned them were going to fall into an enticement and stumble. And they had just swore, he said, we will, never, we will never do that. Peter said he would rather, he would die with him before he would offend him and be offended of him. And all he asked them to do was to tarry and watch with him. Just watch. And, it's, and when he came back in the 40th verse, he findeth them asleep. Findeth them just sleeping. And he said unto Peter, you know, bold Peter who had said he never would you know, offend him, what could you not watch with me one hour? And this is what he tells them, to watch and to pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So there is, it is very, even for a disciple, you can see that they can fall asleep, not just in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. You can fall asleep spiritually. And whenever you let your guard down, because that word watch, it's not, it's not meaning in the sense of like we watch TV or like we just look at something. That word watch actually means to uh, be vigilant and to look over something. You know, like uh, me and my wife, we just babysat my niece the other weekend. And we were watching over her. We were a, we were a guard over her while her parents weren't there. We were watching over them, protecting her from any dangers that might happen. And I believe this, that's the exact sense he's meaning here when he says to watch and to pray, to be on guard, to be on lookout. Just like Solomon told us to keep and protect our hearts. Uh, here Jesus is, I believe, telling us the exact same thing, to watch over our hearts, watch over our, our spirit, to guard ourselves lest we fall into temptation. And he says, just like the disciples, he said, the spirit indeed is willing, because they showed they were very willing. They truly, inside, they wanted never to offend him, never to go away from him or to go to sleep. But their flesh was weak. And uh, we have other uh, examples of this. Uh, if you think about uh, David, we think of great King David, who... Um, is a great type of Christ, uh, slayed Goliath, um, did all of these great and wonderful things. And I'm not trying to speak ill of David in this, but David went to sleep spiritually. Whenever the kings were supposed to go to war in uh, 1 Samuel, um, or 2 Samuel, uh, he stayed behind. And instead of watching over his heart and his intentions like he should have been, he found himself looking over at Bathsheba. And even after finding out that she was married and had a husband, David still, instead of, again, being watchful and watching over his actions and what he should do, he, he gave right into them. It doesn't show any hesitation from him. And that just shows how our, our carnal nature feels you know, very comfortable in, in doing things that are because I mean we're we're nothing but you know carnal beings truly other than the spirit of God that is put within us that, that's why those carnal desires you know they they never really leave you and they feel extremely comfortable but we have to be aware and try not to go to sleep spiritually of them but to keep our guard up or else the same thing can happen 
to uh, David as to us. Because what happens to David after that? David, um, a- after he takes Bathsheba, he tries to cover up his lies after she becomes pregnant by having her husband killed in battle. And he doesn't really show any remorse for it. He, he does at first whenever the messenger comes and tells him that, that uh, Uriah is dead. But other than that, he really doesn't show any remorse for it. In fact, as soon as Bathsheba is through mourning, he moves her right in and makes her his wife. That just showed he, you know, he was very comfortable. He had gone to sleep spiritually, and that is a dangerous place to be in. Uh, and then what, later on, he's visited by Nathan the prophet, who uh, gives him a, a parable talking about David while not actually using David's name. And uh, through the parable, David says that he, that man should be killed. And Nathan, you know, throws him with, well, thou, that's you. You are that man. And in Psalm 51, we see where David pleaded with God and cried to him, not to return to him his eternal salvation, because he could never lose that, but it said to return to him the joy of his salvation, to return to him uh, to renew his spirit, because he had he had gone to sleep so much that, you know, he I, I think he you know he didn't feel that that joy anymore. Or else, why would he ask for it back? I think he he had lost that joy of being a, a child of God, and he had just gone to sleep. And uh, another example that I I seen of that I see of that is Solomon, just like we talked about last week, who instead of being being awake and watching over his desires and his actions of what he should do, he was led astray by. You know, hundreds of women. He had hundreds of concubines and then hundreds of wives. And instead of guarding his heart and his mind, he he went to sleep and he went right into them. And uh, what's important to know and to go back to Matthew 26 is that in the verse 43 it says that he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, and he left them. He didn't wake them back up the second time, and that. So just like he physically left them to sleep, I think he's also saying here that we can be left to sleep spiritually when we uh, continue to when we continue to sin despite coming despite uh, having the knowledge that know that we shouldn't. That there is a warning here that Christ will just leave you to sleep and leave you to slumber in it, uh, just like with David, he left him to sleep and then he and then he came back and woke him up. But there for a while, he was left to sleep in his sin, and he was comfortable in it. And I think that is a very scary place to see to be in. And uh, Solomon, too, he went to sleep, and he just left him. He left him to sleep spiritually and uh, fell into idol worship. He had multiple wives. He built temples to honor all of these idols that he had uh, been worshiping from other people's cultures, which was a direct sin against God and he he didn't even seem to really care about it. He had it, this is the wisest man in the world. It shows that you know even the wisest man in the world can go to sleep. He can he can let his guard down. The same person who is giving instructions on how not to. They, they can go to sleep spiritually. Um in the 45th verse of Matthew it, it says he comes to him again 
And uh, I, I used to think, I used to think, uh, I used to read this verse a little bit differently when he says, "Sleep on now and take your rest." You know, I, I used to, I used to think of that verse as like, you know, like a mom coming in and say, "Oh, you just go to sleep now. It's going to be okay. It's fine." But I don't, I don't think that's the, the sense. I feel like it's a little bit more sarcastic. Like, "Well, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand." Like it's, it's been an hour already. Thanks for, thanks for watching with me. And uh, another example I, I want to talk about that is the one that he's directly talking to here, which is Peter. I think Peter is a, a great example. I always feel bad for Peter because he just seems to always screw up and slip up. And doesn't that feel very relatable? Like I, to me, really, he feels like one of the most relatable people in the Bible. Uh, he he boldly claims he'll never never offend Christ, he'll never sin. How often do we do the same thing? Uh, he screws up. How often do we screw up? Um, he's a very relatable character here, and he goes to sleep right after the, right after uh, Christ had given him all these warnings about you're going to deny me, and uh, even despite him saying he never would. He went right to sleep after Christ had asked him to do something simple as stay up and watch with me. Stay up and watch. And it shows that, you know, even a, a king, the wisest man in the world, and a disciple, all three can can go to sleep spiritually. And that we're not a you know, nobody is a is above that. Nobody uh, nobody I believe is able to say that they will ne- that, that will never happen to them because they truly don't know. I mean, it's imp- uh, we all we all will uh, continue to have those uh, you know, those desires and those temptations, but it's important, as Jesus tells us here, to watch and to pray. And I think Peter learned and grew from this because in uh, you know in, in First Peter uh, five eight, Peter tells us to uh, be sober and to be vigilant for your adversary, the devil. As a roaring lion, he seeks to devour whom he may. I think Peter was speaking from a, a personal experience. So I think he knew that's where he had messed up. That he was not sober and vigilant. That he that he had put his guard down and let his watch down. And that Satan moved right in there and sift him as wheat. As Jesus told him earlier on in the chapter that the devil desires to sift you as wheat. And uh Peter, despite not wanting to, he did. And uh, I want to go to Second Peter three nine, because I know that this might sound all doom and gloom, but there is uh, there are some positives that I want that I want to highlight here is that despite Christ will let, leave you to sleep and let you slumber, he does also he he gives us I, I believe I want to get to later on an antidote of how to come out of that sleep. And how to uh, strengthen ourselves back to where we strengthen ourselves back to where we were, and uh, and it makes us thankful for his uh, <coughs> patience. Uh, in Second Peter three nine, I, I love where Peter says, "The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish." But that all should come to repentance. To me, I take that as 
the patience of Christ. He's got to be a really, a really patient, patient person to put up with all the sins that we do and continue to fall into. And he is still patient with us, just like a parent. And uh, it's, it's something very, something very, uh, something to be very thankful for. And uh, there's a, a church at Sardis, a church that that goes to, that uh, that goes to sleep spiritually. And I think this is just another example of that not just people can go to sleep spiritually, but that a church can. That it is very very possible for a, a body of believers to go to sleep spiritually and not even to know it. And uh, that was the case for the. Uh, the church in Sardis. He says, These, saying, these things saith, saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest, and art dead. So this church, despite having this, uh, this great name, probably a great congregation, pro- uh, a well-known in the community, uh, despite having this huge reputation for being this great and lively church Jesus tells them that, that they're dead and uh, the, the first thing that uh, he tells them in the second verse is to be watchful so that's why I, I do believe that this is a church that is not only dead but that they went to sleep I think that they they fell away and let their guard down and Satan and that's allowed the Satan to get in so it, this this all goes to show that you know a a, a king, a, a wise man, a disciple, an apostle, and a church, all four of those were able to fall asleep spiritually, and some of and and not even to realize it, because it's that that's just our nature become very comfortable. Um, those of you may know well, that I used to work at Walmart, and one of my duties there was that I had to investigate uh, employees for theft. And uh, whenever I investigated them and uh, gotten a, a total of what they had taken and uh, had my video and everything lined up, it was my job to interview them to kind of get first get them to admit to it and then uh, try to figure out what the reason was for them stealing. And uh, most, of the, most of the people that I interviewed I mean, generally, I, I believe you know that they were really good people. I did not, I did not enter like most of the people I talked to. I did not think that this was just some wicked person, that you know, just a thief. They really seemed like good people. Like they, the only difference between me and them was just a few bad mistakes, truly. And uh, I would often tell them that you know I don't think that you're a bad person. I think that sometimes good people get put in tough situations and when they get backed in a corner sometimes our you know it's natural for us to do make a bad choice and make a bad mistake and that's what happens with them but the problem is when they make that bad mistake it becomes a habit it becomes easy to them they 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 continue to do it not because not because you know they get this like great pleasure from it because it's just it becomes a habit it becomes natural and uh it's the same thing um, with sin and with temptations. You know, it is very natural for us to. Uh, it is very natural for us to have you know, carnal desires and temptations. Those 
I don't believe will ever go away. And the Bible tells us that they'll never go away. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul doesn't say that Christ won't put on you any temptations. It says that he will give you a way out of temptations. So you'll always have those temptations, but the Lord is able to give you a way out of those. So the, the main point I'm, I'm trying to make is that how important it is to keep our watch up and to be aware because uh, uh, those desires and temptations, they'll never leave you. And they are very natural to us and appealing to us. And I think that is what very much what Jesus is telling, is telling the apostles there when he tells them to watch and to pray lest you fall into temptation. Because he knows that, he knows that uh, they still have those desires within them. Of course, because he foretold they would be offended of him. But in in Revelations, uh, the third chapter, uh, I believe that Christ gives us the antidote for when we've fallen asleep. In the second, talking to the church at Sardis, the first thing he tells them is to be watchful, which w- what we've talked about, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. So if you've gone to sleep spiritually, the first thing he tells you to do is really to, to wake up and be aware and strengthen those things which remain that are ready to die. <laughs> you know, to, to be watchful over your heart and your actions and your, your thoughts to try to strengthen what, you, to strengthen what remains. In verse 3, he tells, them, he tells them the next thing, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard. So call to remembrance... Not just preaching, but uh, call to remembrance uh, the mercies of God when you first came to knowledge of them, how they affected your heart, how they made you feel. I think that's what he's talking about when he says to remember how thou hast received and heard, to remember those times. And then he says to hold fast and repent. So there I believe you know, Christ has given us the exact remedy for for going to sleep spiritually. And I think that we see that, uh, especially in David. David, uh, in his Psalm 51, we see a, a whole psalm of him asking for repentance and then uh, and to renew his spirit within him. Uh, Peter Peter vastly changed after, after he had denied Christ. And later when Christ had kind of brought him back to the fold, he, he greatly changed his tune after that. I think that's why he warns us to to uh, be sober and to be vigilant. Um, now the, the, church at, the church at Sardis, there is not much known of the church of Sardis after this. There's not much, like I, I have no way of knowing if they actually took this uh, advice or not. But I did hear, uh, I, hear a, I heard a brother was talking about this church actually, and he said that there's a, there, there are writings that go back to, I think, the second century of a preacher in Sardis who was writing an apologetic. And it was said that it was, that it was very good. So that tells me that you know, there were still uh, believers in this church after this. So I'd like to think that they took this message to heart. And they, and they were watchful and strengthened the things that remained that were ready to die. So it's important to remember if 
if you think that you know you've gone to sleep spiritually or a church has gone to sleep spiritually as we you know i think this is a great example of you know you can't really judge a book by its cover you know we see a lot of i see you see you see all these churches that have hundreds and hundreds of members but that doesn't actually mean that they have that they are alive as the church at sardis does because it, it all goes back to uh what's inside in their spirit if whether or not they're asleep or not you know so if you have gone to sleep just remember just remember these these words of jesus christ to be watchful to be watchful and to pray i think it's important that he put those two side by side to watch and to pray and strengthen those things that remain and are ready to die um that's really what I have on my heart and on my mind this morning. Um, now, I, I, <clears throat> do we have a moment?